Number thirty-seven, Abu Muhammad Al-Madani. The man of God is quenched without water. The man of God is full without roast meat. The man of God is all confused, distraught. The man of God needs neither food nor sleep. The man of God, he is a boundless sea. The man of God rains pearls without a cloud. The man of God knows not of wrong. But right, Rumi. The blessings of Sheikh Abu Muhammad Al Madani reached everyone in his time. He was a special one, carrying the secrets of the prophetic descriptions. He sat on the throne of guidance, spreading external and internal knowledge, especially from the divine presence. He was a master of this order. He was distinguished among the knowers. He was a supporter of the weak. He had great miraculous power that was visible everywhere he went. He was born in Kikunu, a district of Ghanib, in the state of Timur Hansuro, Dakhistan, in the year twelve hundred and fifty-one Hijra, eighteen thirty-five current era. He emigrated fifty-five years later with his family from Dakhistan to Turkey, finally settling in the village of Rashadia between Bursa and Istanbul. He was a true inheritor of the physical appearance of the Prophet. He was very handsome. He resembled the Prophet according to the description of the Prophet in his biographies. He authored a book entitled Yawaladi, My Son, in the tradition of Imam Ghazali, who wrote Ayuha al-Walad, O My Son. The village of Kikunu, in which he grew up, was a spiritual place. The villagers kept the divine law, and all of them followed sheikhs. One day before his birth, Sheikh Abu Ahmad al-Sukhuri passed by the village, and he said. From this village, an enlightened child is going to appear. His light will shine from earth to heaven. He is going to be a great saint. He was predicting the birth and the high station of Abu Muhammad Ahmadani. Dakhistan, in his time, was known as the land of saints. During his early years, two great sheikhs lived there: Sheikh Muhammad Afendi Al Yorahi. And Sayyid Jamaluddin Al Khumuki. He received the power of guidance in six Sufi orders: Qadri, Rafai, Shazali, Chishti, Khalwati, and Naqshbandi. He was famous as a sheikh in all six orders. From his miracles. Before Sheikh Abu Muhammad Al Madani was initiated in the Naqshbandi order, Haji Nuri and Haji Murtaza passed by his village. They told him, "We are going to visit Ahmad Al Sukhuri to be initiated by him. Would you like to come with us?" He said, "Yes," and all three of them 
made the intention to join the order at the hand of Sheikh Abu Ahmed al-Suhuri. Sheikh Abu Ahmed al-Suhuri gave them advice and then he called Abu Muhammad al-Madani, initiated him in the Naqshbandi order and planted the zikr on his tongue. He did not give anything to Haji Murtaza and Haji Nuri. He told him, I gave the secret to Abu Muhammad al-Madani. There is no need to take the secret from me. Take it from him. Anyone who wishes to follow my way may take it through Abu Muhammad al-Madani. They complained in their hearts. Why did Abu Ahmad al-Suhuri put Abu Muhammad al-Madani as an intermediary between us? A drought came to their village. The people of the village asked them to pass by the village of Abu Muhammad al-Madani to ask him to pray to God for rain. On their way to see him they said to each other, We will know now if he is truly a saint and why Abu Ahmad al-Suhuri put him ahead of us. On their way they passed a house and saw a beautiful woman inside. They were so attracted to the woman's beauty that they stood looking at her for a long time. Finally they arrived at Abu Muhammad's house and they knocked at the door. He said from inside the house, Who is at the door? They were speaking with each other in low voices, saying, How could he be a sheikh when he does not know who is at his door? They knocked again, but there was no answer. Then from behind the door came his voice, Haji Mutaza and Haji Nuri, it is easy for someone to become a sheikh and a guide without knowing who is behind the door, but it is very difficult for someone to become a sheikh and a guide who is following his desires in a way that is not acceptable, looking at naked women. He said to them, I cannot allow you inside my house. In their hurry to leave, they forgot to tell him that they had come to ask him to pray for rain. After five minutes, he came running behind them and told them, As for what you came for, as soon as you reach your village, it will be raining. As soon as they reached the village, the clouds gathered and it began to pour down rain. His Jihad the people of Dakhistan remember well how hard he fought the Russians, both physically and spiritually. Even the Russians used to speak about his courage and his spiritual miracles. Many of the events that are known about him were recorded by his enemies. One time he was fighting against the Russians. They came in overwhelming strength against him. He escaped to an abandoned house. No one knew he was there. A woman saw him from the roof of her house. She told the Russians, Abu Muhammad al-Madani is in that house. They came to capture him. They found that the house he was hiding in was surrounded with green grass because of the blessings of his presence, although due to the heat of summer there was no green vegetation to be seen anywhere else. Due to the information given by the woman, they were able to capture him. That night, the woman became very ill and the next day she was dead. As God, Almighty and Exalted, revealed to the Prophet in the Holy Tradition, 
Whoever comes against one of my saints, I will declare war against him. They put him under house arrest and told him he could go to a nearby restaurant to eat. He refused to eat in their restaurant. He never ate their food, saying, You are my enemy and I will never eat your food. He did not eat their food for months. They did not know how he was surviving. Finally, someone from a Tatar region near Kazan came to the governor and said, If he is not eating from your food, give him to me. I will take him to my village of Sartar to care for him. They sent him there. There was a boy from Kikunu studying in Bukhara who was engaged to a girl from Sartar. He was studying the divine law. He had been gone for many years and had not returned. In the meantime, the girl had decided to marry someone else. News of that reached Bukhara, where the boy heard it. He was very upset. That night, before he fell asleep, he heard a voice saying, Come back to Sartar, come back to Sartar. He heard that voice the next night and the following day. He decided to go back. He had a very long journey, nearly to Moscow, to reach Sartar. He walked and walked until he finally reached the village. He found the people all gathered in one place carrying food. They told him, A great sheikh has come to Sartar from Kikunu, and he is healing people and feeding the poor. We were so attracted to his spiritual powers that we have become his followers. Come with us and see him. He went with them. The people of the village said to the sheikh, who was Abu Muhammad al-Madani, You might be taken away by the Russians. Please leave someone here who will be authorized to guide us on the way. When that boy arrived at the house of the sheikh, the sheikh told him in the same voice that he had heard in Bukhara, O my son, you heard our message, you heard our voice. Come, you are going to be my deputy and you are going to teach these people what they need of spirituality and of the obligations of religion, and you are going to marry your fiancé. The boy was very happy. He took initiation from the sheikh in the Naqshbandi order and the other five Sufi orders. Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani then married him to his fiancé. This was a miraculous gift for the people of Sartar from Abu Muhammad al-Madani. It was also a sign that his days in Sartar were ending. The next day, the Russians came and took him to Siberia. He was locked inside a high-security prison. Though they locked him in his room, they would often find him in the yard, praying, sitting or reading. The guards were surprised and took him back. Then, after a few hours, they would find him outside again, so they chained him to the wall. Still they found him outside the room, walking with someone. Later he would tell people, I was walking with Khidr. They again chained him up, and again they found him outside his cell. They were so upset by their inability to imprison him 
that they wrote to Moscow asking advice on how to hold him. Moscow told them, put him underground in a dungeon. They tried to do that, but no matter how far down they put him, he would always be found outside his cell. Finally, they were so frustrated in their attempts to incarcerate him that they allowed him to go free within the borders of Russia. His intention, however, was to escape to Turkey. When they left him free in Siberia, he saw an officer and told him, My son, I will see you in Istanbul, Turkey. We will meet you there. Later, that young man, tired of serving in the Russian army and deserted, he fled to Turkey with his family and ended up in Istanbul. There, he later met Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani, as the Sheikh had foretold. Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani decided to pass through his homeland in the Caucasus to visit his parents and family on his way to Turkey. One day, before he was to arrive, he appeared in a dream to his sister, telling her that he was coming. She told her mother the next day, Oh, my mother, increase the food a little, because my brother is coming today. Her mother said, What are you saying? No one even knows if he is alive in Siberia, and you are telling us that he will come here. At that moment there was a knock on the door, and Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani appeared. As he was eating with his family, he told them, I must hurry, because there is a ship waiting to take me to Trabzon across the Black Sea. They told him in surprise, We are in Caucasia, and you are talking of Trabzon? Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani directed himself to the coast on the Russian side of the Black Sea. When he arrived there, the ship he expected was waiting to take him to Turkey. He went to the captain and told him, Take me to Turkey on your ship. The captain replied, I have been trying to go for twenty days, but the ship is not running properly. He said, Now it will run. Take this money as my passage and take me to Turkey. The captain took him and put him near the engine room. Then the captain went to sleep while the crew sailed the ship. The captain saw in a dream that the engine had changed into the shape of the sheikh, and the ship had grown wings and was flying, arriving at Trabzon. He awoke and ran outside. The crew told him, We have arrived in Trabzon. He ran down to the sheikh's room, and the sheikh asked him, Have we arrived? He said, Yes, my sheikh. I am coming to tell you that I want to take initiation from you. This trip normally takes three days, and we have arrived in one. He took initiation from him in the Nakshabandi order and the five other Sufi orders. The sheikh left the ship and went to a coffee shop. There he saw a man who had been imprisoned with him in Siberia by the name of Muhammad At-Tawil. Muhammad At-Tawil said, Praise belongs to God, my sheikh, you have arrived here safely. You will be my guest in my house. For a year the sheikh remained as a guest in the house of Muhammad at 
As long as Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani was a guest in his home, Muhammad Atawil would find two golden coins under his pillow every day. He was so astonished that after five days he went to the Sheikh, who said, As long as I am here and as long as you keep this secret, you will find these coins under your pillow every day. If you do not tell anyone, these coins will continue to come. The following year, Sultan Abdul Hamid heard that the Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani had arrived safely in Trabzon, and he sent a ship to carry him from Trabzon to Istanbul. One day, after the Sheikh had gone on to Istanbul, the wife of Muhammad Atawil was cleaning the bed and she found two gold coins. She began to make a fuss, asking her husband from where he got the coins. Finally, he told her that it was the blessing of the Sheikh. Immediately, she went and told the neighbors. As soon as she told them, the miracle stopped. That incident happened in 1308 Hijra, 1890 current era. However, the story was never told until the son of Abu Muhammad al-Madani was visiting his father's friend Muhammad Atawil some time after his father had passed away. Muhammad Atawil told him the story at that time and showed him the coins he had received so miraculously. Sultan Abdul Hamid, the Emperor of the Ottoman Empire, was a follower of the Naqshbandi order. He had been initiated by Abu Muhammad al-Madani. In 1314 Hijra, 1896 current era, the Sultan gave him the choice of any piece of land in Istanbul on which to build a zawiya for the order and a house for himself. He replied, That choice is not up to us, but it is up to the divine, so he waited until the next day. Sultan Abdul Hamid eagerly came to him to hear the answer. Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani told him, O my son, God has directed me to a place from which the Naqshbandi order is going to flourish. That is where the sincere Dakhistani followers will be, and is where the Naqshbandi order will grow, and where my nephew will take authority of the order. The Sultan said, Whatever you have decided, I will obey your decisions. The next day, Abu Muhammad al-Madani told the Sultan, Send me to Yalova. Between Yalova and Bursa is the place I am going. The Sultan arranged a horse carriage for him to take him wherever he wanted to go. When he reached the area of Yalova, he directed the horses to go as they like. They stopped at a place near Orhanghazi. There, in the forest, he built the first house out of wood. After a short while, 680 houses had sprung up in the forest and that place was named Rashadia, after Sultan Rashad, and is now known as Gunakoy. All emigrants who came from Siberia and from the Caucasus moved to that village, where Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani 
as well as Sheikh Sharafuddin and Sheikh Abdullah were present. One time, the people came to Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani complaining, How are we going to eat? There is nothing here. He stamped his foot on the ground. Where he stamped his foot, mines of iron and clay were found. At the same time, a tree fell down. From these signs, he showed them that they would earn a living by mining clay and iron and harvesting wood. There were soon 750 houses and two mosques and one school containing 16 rooms for teaching the children. Years later, during the Balkan War, the Greeks and Serbians who were fighting the Turks came to this village. Many homes were destroyed and many villagers fled. There remained 220 homes after that attack. Nothing happened to the mosque, however, and all the prayers continued to be held. No evil or corruption could be found in that village. No drinking, no gambling, no wrongdoing occurred. From early childhood, everyone was raised reciting zikr. It was a piece of paradise. Everyone lived in harmony, reciting zikr every night. It was an ideal village, a heavenly community. That is why the Sheikh had told Sultan Abdul Hamid, light is going to stream out of that village. The village was full of blessings. They needed no provisions from outside. The wood was there for burning in the cold weather. They had their own animals, and they used to grow their own food. The people made every movement and every deed with zikr. The mothers nursed their children with zikr. The men worked to the sound of the zikr. The entire village was filled with zikr. This was how Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani, Sheikh Sharafuddin, and later Sheikh Abdullah al-Dakhistani raised the people of the village. It became known throughout Turkey as the village of Zikr. Turkey was involved in the Balkan War. One time, Sheikh Abu Muhammad al-Madani's neighbor, Hassan Muhammad Effendi, came to him and said, I want to go and fight and die as a martyr. He told him, There is no need for you to go outside the village to become a martyr, you are going to be a martyr here. Soon the armies of the Greeks and Serbs approached the village. The armies were shooting into the village. In one of these attacks, Hassan Muhammad Effendi was shot and killed. He died as a martyr, as he had wished, and in the way the Sheikh had predicted. Sheikh Abu Muhammad had been married for years and all his children were girls. He had no boys. One day he said to the people, I am seeing that three boys are coming to me. The people were very surprised because his wife was old and past childbearing age. Shortly after this his wife fell ill and passed away. Later he remarried and with his new wife he had three boys. One time, on the 27th of Ramzan, Laylatul Qadr, 
He was leading the zikr with the whole village. He said, Everyone is engaged in zikr. All animals are doing zikr with us. The worms are doing zikr with us. The birds are doing zikr. Every being in this village is doing zikr with us except one animal who is disconnected from his father and is depressed. God is not happy. The prophet is not happy. And the saints are not happy. And this is all because of a childish prank. He spoke to the owner of the house in which they were doing zikr. Go to your son and ask him what he has in the box. He went to his son and asked him, What do you have in a box? What animal have you captured? The boy was confused. What box? I only have a little match box in which I put one little worm. He was told, Take that worm and put it back in the earth. From that, the people of the village understood and raised their children with an understanding that harming any creatures, no matter how small, causes unhappiness and earns the displeasure of God, of the prophets, and of the saints. Because of such deep teachings, the village was pure and innocent of any wrongdoing. He died on the 3rd of Rabi Awal, a Sunday, 1331 Hijra, 1913 Current Era. He was buried in Rashadia, Gunakoi. His grave is visited until this day by the people of the Dakhastani community and especially by the family of Sheikh Shamil. He passed the secret of the five Sufi orders that he was holding and gave authorization in them to his nephew, Sheikh Sharafuddin Adakhastani, completing what Sheikh Abu Ahmad al-Sukhuri had passed to Sheikh Sharafuddin from the secret of the Naqshbandi order.